0: History Lesson number 9 The Scramble for Africa What did Africa look like before the age of imperialism? In the mid-1800s, Africa was divided along ethnic and linguistic lines. Due to powerful African armies, tribal control of trade and inability for Europeans to navigate the interior of Africa, Africa was influenced by foreigners, Christian and Islamic missionaries, but mostly independent from foreign control. So what changed? What started imperialism in Africa? Well, in 1880, 90% of Africa was ruled by Africans. By 1900, almost all ruled by Europeans, diamonds discovered in 1867 and gold in 1886. What allowed them to get in now? The steam engine allowed Europeans to navigate the rivers to the interior. And in 1884, the famous Berlin-West Africa conference divided up Africa. Let's take a look at what Africa looked like in 1914. As you can see, the British, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Belgians, Germans, Italians, and some independents um, controlled Africa. What was the first area in Africa that fell to imperialist demands? In 1860, David Livingston, minister from Scotland, traveled with a group of Africans into Central Africa. The results of his visit? An American newspaper hired Henry Stanley to find Livingston after he didn't return, found him living on the shores of Lake Tanganyika. Toneg- in 1882, Stanley signed treaties with local chiefs that gave King Leopold II of Belgium control of lands in Congo in the Congo River Valley. Here's what imperialism in Africa and the Congo what that looked like. Who colonized Africa first? King Leopold II of Belgium and the Congo. The rationale was to protect Africans from Arab slave traders, convert the Congolese to Christianity, and to bestow the blessing of capitalism. The reality, however, was that the Congo Free State was nothing more than a labor camp. Rape and torture were routine, rubber quotas were imposed, and workers failing to meet those quotas had their hands chopped off the Congo becomes the poster of the, um, of brutal imperialism in Africa. Here's a couple pictures. This shows the Congolese to the right and the Belgians and elephant tusks. This shows two Congolese men enslaved by the Belgians. What were the major motivations for imperialism? Well, first off, imperialism became much more rampant with industrialization. There was such a demand for raw materials and a market to sell these goods back to for a profit. Example was get cash crops like rubber, cocoa, from Africa and demand that Africans purchase their manufactured goods. In addition to industrialization, a major motivation was nationalism, pride in one's country. Nations wanted to demonstrate their power in the world and maintain a balance of power through acquiring colonies. It looked very, very strong to have more colonies overseas, and so the European countries competed with one another. In addition to industrialization, and nationalism, another major motivation is missionary spirit. The European sense of superiority made them feel obligated to civilize the heathen savages. An example of this sense of superiority is evidenced by the poem White Man's Burden by Kipling. Social Darwinism was a social theory that justified or explained imperialism by applying Charles Darwin's theory of survival of the fittest to explain why stronger nations could control weaker nations and why that made sense. What motivation is, is best expressed in this quotation? It is imperative that our country shows the rest of the world our strength through acquiring colonies What motive for imperialism is supported by this quote? Is it missionary spirit? Is it nationalism? Or is it industrialization? If you said nationalism, you are correct. We must civilize the heathen barbarians. What motivation is discussed here? Is it industrialization, nationalism, or is it missionary spirit? If you said missionary spirit, you are correct. And lastly, we must increase our output, but in order to do so, we have to get more rubber. This quote reflects what motivation for imperialism? The last one, industrialization. What allowed the Europeans to conquer Africa in addition to the steam engine? Technological superiority. The Maxim gun, the first automatic machine gun. Obviously, the steam engine allowed Europeans to easily travel, trade, and communicate with colony and controlling nation. And the drug quinine helped prevent Europeans from contracting malaria. How did the Europeans divide up Africa? In 1884, the Berlin West Africa Conference, the famous conference, where Europeans divided up Africa with no regard for ethnic, eth- ethnic or linguistic groups, therefore set them up for fighting amongst one another. This the Europeans did not mind as long as they were not joined in targeting the European countries. There were no Africans represented at this conference. Where did Africans resist European control? in Liberia and Ethiopia. In South Africa, the Zulus, organized under their leader Shaka, resisted European slave traders and ivory hunters. He united the Zulu nation. Dutch farmers, called Boers, settled in South Africa. Continuing on with South Africa, large number of Boers resisted European rule. They migrated north, thereby coming into conflict with the Zulus. The Zulus eventually came into conflict with the British. They won in 1879, but lost shortly thereafter. The Boers were defeated by British after the Boer War. What was the result of this? Strong distrust and hatred for the Europeans. Let's look at imperialism in Nigeria, specifically in Africa. What did European control look like? There's four main types of imperialism. One is a colony, and that's a region governed internally by a foreign power. A protectorate, which is a region with its own internal government, but under control of a foreign government. A sphere of influence, a region in which an outside power has exclusive investment or trading privileges. And economic imperialism, regions that are independent, but less developed, controlled by private interests, rather than by governments. We see all of these forms of imperialism in one way, shape, or form, or many of them throughout Africa. There were patterns, though, in terms of what European nations, what form of imperialism they used. Britain and the U.S. practiced indirect control, allowing limited self-rule so native people could make decisions um, to what and how they would be governed at home and some local government officials were used. France and other European nations often practiced direct control, giving no self-rule to the native people, and foreign officials were actually brought in to rule the people in that nation. A little bit closer, what did direct control look like? The Europeans developed two specific policies. One, was paternalism. In this way, Europeans governed people in a fatherly way, by providing needs and not rights. Assimilation was based on the idea that the local population would be absorbed in French culture. And this is purely based and rooted in the European sense of superiority. How did Britain manage Nigeria? Some methods utilized where they outlawed slavery to garner support from the people. They used conflicts between enemy groups to fight one another. Winning group might be more likely to accept British control. More and more control. It started with the Niger company controlling the palm oil trade. Then the Berlin Conference made lands along the Niger River a protectorate. And in 1914, the British claimed entire region as a colony so gradual increase in uh control in the region what resistance movements were unsuccessful in africa well in germany in uh, german east africa we had the maji maji rebellion what happened africans refused to plant cash crops Due to spiritual beliefs, Africans in German East Africa believed that a magic water, Maji Magi, would turn German bullets into water. The result was that Germans killed well over 26,000 Africans. Numerous more perished in a famine afterwards. What movement was successful in Africa? Menelik II in Ethiopia. What happened? As Emperor of Ethiopia in 1889, he played the Italians, French, and British against each other. Menelik II had discovered differences between the wording of the treaty in Amaric and in Italian. At the Battle of Odawa, Ethiopians successfully defeated the Italians and maintained their nation's independence. Here's a quote from Menelik II. I have no intention of being an indifferent onlooker if the distant powers have the idea of dividing up Africa. Ethiopia's story is a famous story as it was one of the only examples of African resistance, successful African resistance. What was the positive side of colonial rule in Africa? For one, reduced local warfare, raids between rival tribes were reduced because of European control. Overall, lifespans increased and literacy rates improved. What was the negative effect or impact of colonial rule in Africa? Many died of new diseases, such as smallpox. Famine resulted from the change to cash crops. They didn't have the sufficient um, farms that they once had loss of traditional culture, and the dividing up of African lands with no regard for linguistic or ethnic boundaries often put tribal groups, rival tribal groups, in one area together. Let's take a look at imperialism in Muslim lands. Let's take a look at a map and see what is beneficial about this location. You can see the green location borders on many different waterways and is accessible to many different, to Europe, to Africa, and to Asia. You have, with this location in the Muslim lands, access to Atlantic trade in the Mediterranean. Russia wanted passage for grain exports across the Black Sea. Therefore, Russia was looking for allies to fight the Ottomans. And lastly, oil was found in Persia, which is today Iran. What made the Ottoman Empire vulnerable or susceptible to imperial powers? Well, for one, the death of their strong leader, Suleiman I, created many warring factions within the Ottoman Empire. Corruption and theft weakened the government. Inflation. Salem III attempted to modernize but was met with resistance. Greece gained independence and Serbia self rule from the Ottomans, so they already had countries that broke away. The result then all of the above demonstrated that the Ottomans were weakening. And then the Crimean War. Why was it fought? In 1853, war broke out between Ottomans and Russians. Britain and France joined the Ottomans versus the Russians. Why did they join the Ottomans? Well, because the European powers joined the Ottomans because they wanted to prevent Russians from gaining more land. What were some of the details? First, Britain, France, and the Ottomans won. However, during the course of that war, it revealed the Ottoman military weaknesses. And as a result, the Ottomans continued to lose valuable lands after the war. And by the beginning of World War I, the Ottoman Empire was reduced to a small portion of its former size. What were the critical areas of the former Ottoman Empire? Well, Egypt. Control of the Red Sea was valuable to Britain and France. As it was an access route from the Mediterranean. The construction of the Suez Canal, waterway connecting Mediterranean and the Red Sea, ended up costing and therefore the British took control of this project as they provided the capital. With regard to Persia, Britain was interested in using Afghanistan as a buffer between India. Russia was interested in gaining access to the Persian Gulf and the Indian Ocean. Let's see what eventually happened to Persia. In 1857, Persia resisted British demands, but was forced to give up all claims to Afghanistan. Because Persia lacked the capital, the money to develop its resources, particularly the oil to extract it from the uh, the ground, Britain developed much of its resources. This is a form of economic imperialism. The results British economic imperialism fueled tensions between leaders who sold concessions to Europeans and people who resented Western influence. Let's take a look at British imperialism in India. When did the British become interested in India? It started in the 1600s. The British East India Company set up trading posts at Bombay, Madras, and Calcutta. Due to the decline of the Mughal dynasty, India became increasingly more vulnerable to European control. What caused the British East India Company to gain control? In 1757, Robert Clive, versus Indians at Battle of Plassey, caused British to gain control of Bangladesh, most of southern India, and nearly all the territory along the Ganges. India was Britain's jewel in the crown. Why? One, massive raw materials. India was a major supplier of raw materials for Britain's aggressive industrialization. It was a huge market. India provided the British with a large population to sell manufactured goods back to. What was the impact of British control of India? The textile industry in India? Dream it out of business? British-built railroads consumed India. Cash crops replaced other crops. They included tea, indigo, coffee, opium. Sold to China in exchange for tea, then sold to England. Let's look at some of the positive, um, of the positive impact of imperialism on India. One, laying of the third largest railroad network telephone and telegraph lines, railroads, dams, and bridges, sanitation and public health improved, education improved, therefore literacy. What was the negative impact of imperialism on India? British held much of the political and economic power, restricted Indian-owned businesses, The emphasis on cash crops reduced the self-sufficiency of the Indian people. And missionaries and British presence threatened traditional Indian culture. What caused Indian resistance? By 1850, the British controlled most of India. The Indians resisted for the following reasons. They felt the British were trying to convert them to Christianity, and the British were constantly racist toward the Indians. A famous example of Indian resistance was the Sepoy Mutiny. Let's look at what caused it. In 1857, gossip spread among Sepoys, who were Indian soldiers, that their cartridges, their ammunition, were sealed with beef and pork fat. Why was this offensive? Well, Hindus considered the cow sacred, and Muslims do not eat pork. The result was 85 to 90% of the soldiers rejected the cartridges. As a result, they were jailed. And a day later, the sepoys rebelled against the British. Why was the sepoy mutiny a turning point? Well, it illustrated to the British government that the British East India Company could not keep control. And, it caused the British to take control of India. The entire period of British control, both the British East India Company and the British government, is referred to as the Raj from 1757 to 1947. In addition, it's a turning point because it caused major distrust between Indians and British. It fueled the nationalist movements, the Indian National Congress founded in 1885, which was primarily the Hindu population, the Muslim League founded in 1906. By the early 1900s, these groups were calling for self-government. Let's take a look at what imperialism looked like in Southeast Asia. Here's a look at a map on the area of the world we're talking about. As you can see, colonial cities, Portugal, Great Britain, France, Germany, and Japan controlled this area. What did imperialism look like in Southeast Asia? And why was it attractive to imperial powers? It was a strategic location along the sea route to China. It had sources of tropical agriculture, minerals, and oil. How were the Dutch different than other imperial powers, such as the British? Well, the Dutch settled in Indonesia and thought of it as home, and they created a rigid class system. What was the effect of British imperialism on the Malay Peninsula? Singapore, island off the tip of, of the peninsula, made it one of the world's busiest ports. Needing workers to mine the tin and tap the rubber trees, the British encouraged the Chinese to migrate to Malay. The British encouraged the Chinese to migrate to Malay. The result? Malays became minorities in their own country, thus creating conflict with the Chinese. This still exists today. What was the effect of French imperialism on Indochina? For one, it helped the Nguyen Dynasty rise to power in Vietnam. Napoleon III ordered the French to invade southern Vietnam, later adding Laos, Cambodia, and northern Vietnam. The French imposed their culture on the Indochinese using direct control and took the high-ranking government positions for themselves. And the French discouraged development of local industries. What? was the overall impact of colonialism on Southeast Asia. Economies grew based on cash crops. Tin and rubber could be sold on the world market. Roads, harbors, and rail systems linked areas and improved communication and transportation. Education, health, and sanitation vastly improved. Due to labor needs, Southeast Asia became a melting pot of Hindus, Muslims, Christians, and Buddhists This became a major source of tension ever since. How did Siam, which is modern-day Thailand, maintain independence? Siam was located between British-controlled Burma and French Indochina. They both aimed to prevent the other from gaining control of Siam, as it was a buffer between the two. Siam used this reality skillfully to promote Siam as a neutral zone. King Mongkut of Siam strengthened his country through modernization, improved schools, legal system, etc. The result Siam modernized and therefore was able to prevent imperialism. Age of imperialism, modern world history, Lesson number nine. Thanks for listening.